Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here with Aaron Keller, and we have Mike Cox, our bighorn sheep staff specialist. In this podcast, it's pretty exciting. It's different from any we've done before. We're actually live at the sheep show, standing here at the sheep show as we record this, which we've never done before. So who better than to have Mike Cox here talking about bighorn sheep? Thank you very <laughs> much, Ashley. Uh, we're going to talk about sheep today. Of course. It goes with the sheep show. And Isn't that every day for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty it's, much. It's, I never get tired of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good thing with the, yep. the position you're in. Um, so why is, let's talk sheep show first. So this week, sheep show i wanted to get you on to the podcast um here and i know you had a squeeze in time for us because this is a crazy busy week for you what is the significance of this for you well we have a uh, professional organization uh called the wild sheep working group it's all of the wild sheep biologists managers and veterinarians throughout the west from the yukon all the way to texas from california all the way to the dakotas and they're typically all coming here to help sit at their booth. And so we schedule uh, a two-day meeting to go over what we're doing, share information, talk strategy, and, um, and then we have an additional professionals meeting where we'll take a topic that is uh, really uh, current for all of us. And this year it was wildlife corridors and crossings and there's been a lot of work on bighorn, getting bighorn across highways, and, and then just the sheep show. And then we also have our Nevada Bighorn Working Group, which is all of our awesome NGOs, the NBUs, the Elko Bighorns, the fraternity, and we're meeting tomorrow to share with them what we're up to, the status of our herds. And so it's, it's all bighorn sheep, all wild sheep, all week. What a perfect venue to do that. Like you said, everyone's and they've been coming, coming to Reno. Anyway. Yeah, they've been coming to Reno for over a decade. They love it here. And what better place since we have more bighorn sheep than any other state in the lower 48. Right. That's yeah. Very true. So. Yeah, exciting week. Anything that's come out of these working groups so far that you'd want to share? Well, we're, um, we're and I'm going to talk about some things that we're doing here, but Almost all of us that have bighorn sheep uh, versus the thin horn, the doll and stone in northern Canada and Alaska, we have disease issues. And we've been working hard with professionals uh, in the microbiology world, pathologists, uh, disease ecologists to figure out how can we recover herds that have fallen prey to a disease. And uh, what we have is a test and remove method. And so I'll get into more details on that. And so we heard a lot of uh, my, my counterparts talk about their efforts and uh, the successes they've had. So it's, it's really exciting. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking the, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of good ideas or success stories that come out of other states that you hear about and kind of re-energizes you for the rest of, of the year or. And that's the benefit of this working group that we're all collaborating. We're all kind of, um, in the same situation, in the same boat, and um, 
yeah, we, we, we're, we're better together than we are individually. And exactly. so we pool our resources and we can get research and professionals helping with us and um, and then they're helping all of us westwide. Yeah, and on top of it, you learn from each other, learn what's good in one state. Oh yeah, we, we are never afraid to tell people, <laughs> we screwed up, <laughs> don't do that, yeah. <laughs> try something else. Yep. That's the beauty of And you play a pretty, pretty big like role in that working group. Yeah, so for, for I've, been the, I've been the, the lead, the chair, uh, I guess I'm the sheep herder. Yeah, <laughs> I should have introduced you that way. That's and the title uh, I should have used. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's pretty gratifying. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I know, as we said, this is a busy week for you at a squeeze-in time, but you wanted to make the time because you have a long list of things you want to talk about. A lot of things <laughs> yeah. happening with Bighorn Sheep in Nevada. Yeah, I want to I want to talk in briefly talk about a lot of that. Stuff. Yeah, and one of the big things, I mean, everyone knows it's been a hard few years. We've had drought conditions. Do you want to get into just giving everyone an update on that yeah. our sheep are doing? You know, nobody wants to hear um, less than great news, but it is. And and I think most of the hunters that have been out in the field, they've seen it firsthand. Um, and then, so yeah, the drought has hit not only southern Nevada, but all the way up to the Oregon border. And almost no spot has, has been left alone with that. And so we've... We normally have enough water in, in many of our water developments for our desert bighorn sheep down south that rely on our, our guzzlers where we used to have springs and seeps, but uh, we don't anymore in some places. And so we've augmented them with these um, man-made water developments and it's been a huge success. I mean, the ability to translocate bighorn and to put waters where they're needed is how we got from 2,500 sheep in the 60s to, you know, um, over 12,000 uh, in the last few years. And so they've ha worked hand in hand, but we have to have recharge. And we have not had those monsoonal rains that we typically get in the summer. Um, and so our populations have been, you know, moderate to high in some areas, and they've drank the guzzlers dry. And so in 2020, we, we uh, used uh, helicopters and pumpkins where that can carry a uh, large amount of gallons of water underneath, sling them in, dump them on the apron. Um, and we've also hauled water in with water trucks and even small tanks on in the back of pickups, UTVs. Uh, it was over 100,000 gallons in 2020, about 85,000 gallons in 21 just in southern Nevada uh, from Beatty South. And then uh, some of our western region folks were uh, filling waters uh, in the Churchill, Mineral County. Mm -hmm. And so um, unfortunately, we didn't do it fast enough. And we lost some animals. So yeah. it's really tough to, to think about. We, we lost animals from lack of water, but mm -hmm. we did. And yeah. um, we, we're not quite sure the magnitude of that loss, um, but we'll, we'll be doing surveys and assessing all of our uh, camera traps and doing summer surveys. And, and so we'll get a better idea this, this next year of what the, what the total loss is. Yeah, it does seem like those monsoon rains are either all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And so when we don't get them, it's a, it's a huge hole 
And yeah, and the green up too. We just we are short on quality forage too, and so the combination of lack of food and water uh, has been really causing a challenge on our on our bighorn sheep, and including California bighorn sheep. Right. Um, so we're gracious and happy to see the snow. Uh, we just got to get these storms to keep cranking and yeah. And um, but we had a really good hunting season, so we'll we'll go over that later. Yeah. Okay, well, there's some good news right there then. Yeah. yeah, I know. Every time it snows, I get so excited. I'm like, I hope this helps. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yep. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit about our disease issues in the state. Oh, um, yeah. We, we continue to have these pathogens, and the primary pathogen is mycoplasma over pneumonia. We call it MOVI for short. It's a bacteria. It's kind of a trigger pathogen, and then it, it allows nasty things in your throat, in the, in the bighorn's throats, to get down into the lungs, and they cause respiratory disease and ultimately pneumonia. And um, we're constantly having struggles with uh, interactions with bighorn and domestic sheep operations on the landscape, but also our own bighorn. We have herds that have already been exposed and rams and even ewes sometimes go on a walkabout, curious where, where they might find their next dinner or their next companion during the rut, during the breeding season. And they're, they're carriers and they go into a herd that's been healthy, that has been unaffected, uh, uh, uninfected, and they spread it. So Churchill Mineral, uh, Esmeralda counties, we've, we've had uh, a strain of this movie spread from the Tobins all the way down into Esmeralda County. And we've, we've seen anywhere from five to 10% adult mortality. But the problem is, is the lambs, we're, we're, our lamb survival is really low uh, for multiple years. And we've seen populations uh, go from three, four, 500 down to 150 and less. Wow. Um, but this working group of ours and a bunch of scientists, we've figured out what to look for, what to test for, and uh, we know the pattern of how they recover, how their immune system works once they're exposed, and we've developed uh, what's called test and remove, test and call. And so after a couple years, they, after being exposed to this infection, um, there's only like 5% of the animals that are still shedding. Right. Their immune system hasn't quite completely did what, they, what, what it was supposed to do almost like in COVID right. with us. Mm -hmm. There's still people who are asymptomatic running around. We don't know it, they don't know it, but they're, they're carriers. And so we have to test. So we have to capture the animals, test them, wait for the test results to come back. Uh, and then we know who, who they are and then we'll go out and, and we'll euthanize them. And uh, so we, we do have a, a machine that we're experimenting with it's a portable PCR machine. Mm -hmm. Same machine that detects the DNA of COVID-19. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it has some hiccups in the field. Um, and so we're wanting to be able to, and we, we actually used this in the Santa Rosa range last summer. And we had, our, we had crates where we'd capture the animals. Uh, we'd we'd uh, hold them in the, these crates that we normally would use to sling animals back on the mountain. Uh, it takes about 45 minutes to get their test results back. And then those that were negative, 
we'd have the helicopter crew sling them back onto the mountain. Those that were positive, we kept and euthanized. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been a success. Hell's Canyon um, on the Snake on the Snake River on the Idaho Washington Oregon border. They feel like they've cleaned their all of their. They've got like 15, 17 herds and they've been working on this for six, seven years, and they think they've got the last carrier removed, and they're seeing lambs popping up everywhere. Okay, so there's another. And, and we've, our success was the snowstorms, so we feel like we've cleaned that herd up that, that got exposed back in 2011, and now we're working on the Santa Rosas. We're really excited to get that herd back on track. So that has been a real positive tool in our toolbox to recover these herds that have fallen prey to disease. Yeah, and you came on saying, you know, we got to start with some bad news. We do have some bad news, but that goes to show all the work you guys are doing to try and get these positive Yeah, and I can't outcomes. say enough, and we're going to say it at the end, our NGOs have been financially supporting these projects, and without them, we would not, we would not be able to do them. Mm -hmm. And I just can't thank all of the, the Bighorn groups out there that have been helping us. So thank you. Yeah, and perfect that we're here at Sheep Show, where a lot of those groups are. I've seen gathered. some of some of their members <laughs> walking, walking by, by yeah. already. Yeah. Well, Give I think that's a good time to take a break. So we'll be right back. You are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are here live at the Sheep Show with Bighorn Staff Specialist Mike Cox talking all things Nevada Bighorn Sheep. And right before the break, we were talking about some stuff. And Aaron, you had a really good question. Yeah, it's always fun. To. It's always fun when, when we talk to Mike and guys that are at this like high level of their profession to pick their brain when you have them trapped, right? Exactly. And we have and them trapped right now. And we Captive have them trapped. audience. <laughs> yeah, we have them plugged <laughs> yeah. in now. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, kind of put you on the spot, is that um, test and remove or the test and coal that you were talking about, how hard of a decision was that to make? I mean, you, you put your heart and soul into big orange sheep in Nevada, and then you're kind of recommending to go out and take animals out. It's Can tough, you explain how you got that? It's tough to see even one animal die um, needlessly, but when you do the numbers, like the Santa Rosas, we had over 500 sheep before the initial spillover that happened over a decade ago, and now we're below 120. And, but there's only about five or six animals that are super shedders, chronic shedders that we're looking for. So really, if we can find those five or six, we can allow that herd to grow up to two, three, four hundred sheep. So it's, it's looking at the big picture to say we have to, we have to remove a few, but that's going to allow for hundreds of animals to be living on that mountain in the next five, ten years. Yeah. I that's a great point then because mm -hmm. I didn't think of it, I guess, without knowing you think of test and remove. It's like, well, that sounds like a big effort to take those out. But if you, if you think about it, you're taking out five to save and make 115. Yeah, yeah, yeah and this population whatever, yeah. is, is going to continually to be thought with, with, with low lamb survival. So, 
so that was the decision, and uh, we're 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 willing to do it because we know that in in the greater scheme, we're going to have more sheep out there. Exactly. So this is a new tool. I mean, in the big picture, this is a new tool that we're using. That, um, yeah, it's awesome. I mm -hmm. think. I mean, it's sad. I agree, but I'm glad you point that out. I feel like that's important for people. Yeah, to we're not gonna. I, we just. I cannot stand to to allow these lambs to die anymore. Mm -hmm. I just. I can't. So f you were saying. So from 06, we had 500. Just to kind of yeah. zero in on the Santa Roses. 06, we had 500. Now we have round Less numbers 120. 120. So we've just watched it go down and down and down. How fast can they rebound after you find those super super spreaders and remove them? I think within Is it almost immediately within or? five years we could we could be um, over two hundred. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's that seems like an easier decision than I was thinking it was going to be. Exactly. <laughs> oh exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Okay. So. And so from that time, it, I guess I've talked to friends that have that have hunted this year. They've seen less sheep. Is some of that from that, or is it just the drought and the overall just kind of decline? It's it's everything, but I think the biggest is the lack of lambs. Yeah, we we are not recruiting young animals into the population, and uh, we're also getting an older uh, age population. So, okay. But but getting to population numbers, I was yeah, telling I Ashley. Numbers. Did right. you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I didn't. That Nevada <laughs> has more desert bighorn sheep, and more. Bighorn, desert bighorn sheep hunting opportunities than any other jurisdiction in the entire world. We should be so proud of that. Nowhere in Mexico, nowhere in any other state is there that many more desert bighorn and that many more desert bighorn hunting opportunities. You'll never see a kid's eyes light up more than when you tell them that Nevada has more sheep than any other state or country or you know. I can't wait to start telling people this. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. We're we're very high up on the on the numbers of. I and, knew uh, we were high, but yeah. I didn't realize how. But much. we've we've taken a hit. Um, you know, our high. Um, we've been growing and growing since the '60s, and we hit our high three years ago. We were approaching 13,000 bighorn total, including our California and Rocky Mountain bighorn. This year, we're probably going to be around 11,000. Um, but if we can do some of this test and remove, we get some moisture, um, we get some populations back on track. So, so anyway, that's, that's the big picture, but, um, I wanted to also highlight, uh, how the hunts went last year. So we just summarized our seasons, our desert bighorn seasons just ended January 1st for some of those units. Um, and it was, you know, overall a pretty good pretty good hunt considering the challenges that we had uh, and the sheep had so we uh, our success was a little bit lower we're typically in the low to mid 90 percent hunter success uh, we're going to probably be around mid 80s around 85 86 percent success we did have some tags returned um, but there was still lots of mature rams out there we right. were we were probably the second highest average age of rams at 6.9 years of age over the last 30 years. So we still had a lot of mature rams that were out there, and, and a lot of them rolled. Right. And so we're, I think it was great that we took advantage of them. 
Yeah, I think that we're spoiled in Nevada. Well, I know we're spoiled in Nevada for a bunch of different reasons, but you're talking almost seven years old, you know, 6.8 years old. That's an old Ram. And then you're also talking 90% success. That's yeah, and we still had 18 Rams over 100, 170 Boone and Crockett points, right. and we had two Rams over 180. Which is so unbelievable. So that's I pretty mean, exciting. That's, a giant that's really exciting, especially after the years we've had. And the average so. day's hunted. Um, you know, we're always telling hunters, stay out there, enjoy yourself. Right. <laughs> uh, you may not get a tag for a long, long, long time. Yeah. They only were averaging five days. Yeah. Yeah, in the desert. So anyway, um, we're definitely going to be seeing a reduction in tags. Um, but we've been, we've been kicking ideas around, and, and I actually have to give credit uh, this idea for an, another hunting opportunity. A management ram hunt came from our deputy director, uh, great guy, big hunter, uh, resident, long-term Nevadan, and it's a broken horn ram hunt. Um, so we've got guides, we've got biologists, hunters that will occasionally see one horn rams out there. In fact, in our classes that we teach people management of big horn and hunting of big horn, we say, look, you need to look at that ram from all sides. Because if you just look at one side and you get excited, uh, guess what? He's going to turn his head right before you pull the trigger, and he may be missing. And it's due to sinusitis. It gets an infection, and it will eat the tissue uh, that supports the, the horn core, and uh, eventually that horn will fall off. And you may only have like 10, 12 inches. And so the definition, what we're proposing for this hunt is the shortest horn must be less than half the longest horn. And this, this hunt uh, we're proposing, it's going to go in front of our Wildlife Commission at the end of January. Um, in terms of eligibility and application, it's gonna be a separate category. Uh, it will have no bonus points associated with it. And it will be a, 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 life, a once in a lifetime and you can apply if you're still in your waiting period for a Desert Bighorn Ram tag. And we're going to be probably, we're, we're recommending probably about five or six unit groups. Mm -hmm. They're all going to be Desert Bighorn down south. Um, we're probably going to be combining some units together. So Pump them up. the tag holder will have a lot of places to go. And um, we're recommending a season in January and February after all the hunts are done. Uh, it should be great weather. Perfect time to be outside in southern Nevada, January yeah. and February. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, we're just trying to think out of the box. Um, it's not going to have any impact on the herds, on the productivity. Um, in fact, many of these rams are no longer productive in the rut, in the breeding season, because they don't have all their headgear. And so, anyway, um, just yes. just trying to... Provide That's a exciting. little bit more opportunity. I know, creating, I was going to say, Very look creative. at you go, creating yeah. opportunity. Very creative. How has the feedback been when you kind of told your, your colleagues? You know, um, it's like, what? And then they're <laughs> like, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping uh, we might get the same reaction from our sportsmen. And, so and stay is it safe then? to say this is like a pilot program for, I mean, is anything else, has any huntsman well, similar um, to this ever? I'm the chair of our Bighorn Working Group, our Wild Sheep Working Group, right. Westwide. 
and I know pretty much what everybody else is doing, whether it's New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, California, and no one else has anything like this. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. So hopefully next year you'll be able to come here and report to your working group. Yeah, be able to tell <laughs> everyone went. how it yeah. went. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So state, should the public stay tuned for that? That's going to be decided at the next yeah, commission uh, meeting? Check out our um, Endow Commission website um, and we, you know, we have advisory boards in every county where it'll be heard. And then we have our commission meeting on a Saturday. And yeah, show up and, and see what the commission's all about. We're, we're setting seasons. Uh, most of the seasons have already been set, but we, we will accommodate unique seasons like this. And uh, so, yeah, um, hopefully um, there'll be support for it and yeah. Yeah. get some more people out there. Wow. Well, we've covered a lot. <laughs> um, anything yeah. else? You, we have a couple more minutes. Well, I want to, again, I, I talked earlier about giving a big shout out and thank to all of our supporting um, uh, nonprofit groups, non-governmental organizations, and I'm going to name them all. Uh, Nevada Bighorn Limited Reno Chapter, uh, NBU Fallon, NBU Midas, the Fraternity of the Desert Bighorn down in Clark County in Las Vegas, Elko Bighorns Unlimited, and we also had huge support in Win um, out of the Winnemucca area um, for Humboldt County and the Nevada Muleys and the Nevada Checker Foundation. They've always been there and they've been supporting that, that really important Santa Rosa uh, test and remove project. And so I urge all of you that are listening, become a member of one of these groups. And if you're a member of one of them, then become a member of another one. Yeah. <laughs> Start with <laughs> one and then keep building on. There are there they stand behind us and yeah. they they always are critical thinkers and they are asking hard questions, but they are part of this big team that has allowed us to to have more Desert Big Orange Sheet than, than Yeah, and I think place. they're very proud of the fact that we have so more. So proud. Yeah. So they put their sweat, and they're out there. You know, they put their, their money where their mouth is, and then they go out and they work on the projects as well. Yeah. So. Every podcast we have, I feel like if we're talking about projects, NGOs are mentioned because they play such a big role in everything that we do. So many states are jealous of the support that we get. Yeah. from these conservation organizations. Yeah, we have the best volunteers in the country. Mm -hmm. We really do. In any program that we have, when you go to a coordination meeting and we tell people what our volunteers do for the Department of Wildlife, it's above and beyond any other state in any program. We're biased, but <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave all of them a shout out. As we've been saying, what they do is important. A lot of them are here at Sheep Show. This will be airing the Friday of Sheep Show, so we still have the weekend to go. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here and Thanks joining for us. Such me. good information. And then thank you everyone for listening and enjoy the rest of your Sheep Week. Get out to Sheep Show. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>